This podcast episode is brought to you by Paleo Valley's Organic Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Now, we all know that many olive oils are cut with seed oils or that they are rancid, and so it's not always easiest to find a quality and properly sourced olive oil. Yes, in case you didn't know, many store bought olive oils are diluted or blended, compromising both taste and quality, and may even cause rancidity. I'm really glad that Paleo Valley's extra virgin olive oil remains pure and unadulterated, sourced from a single organic valley in Greece. Paleo Valley ensures freshness and nutrient content by packaging their olive oil in dark glass bottles. At a certain point, I stopped using extra virgin olive oil, but once our practice started working with people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS, we started recommending it for the reduction of TGF beta 1. It is an immune system marker that shows inflammation both for COVID 19, SIRS, and actually many other illnesses. So if your TGF beta 1 is high, you may want to try incorporating a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Make sure to check it out. It comes in a two pack package. And remember, All Paleo Valley products are guaranteed with a money back guarantee. Go to paleovalley.com slash nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks for supporting companies that support this podcast. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy. For you guys to watch this QA, I sit down with Joe. Serenity's daughter was a little ill, so she was not able to make it, but I sit down with Joe, who is the co owner of Serenity Kids, and we talk about all things kids' nutrition. I cannot wait for you guys to see it. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy, and I am so excited. I am in person at Serenity Kids' office, and I am so excited to be with Joe. He is one of the founders, and His wife Serenity, and we are going to talk about all things Serenity Kids, why they decided to get into kids' food pouches, and why this may be the most optimal food for your kids' diet that's on the market. So, Joe, thank you for being with me,、yeah. and thanks for having me here. For sure. So, if you could share a little bit about your story, what, what got you guys to start Serenity Kids,、sure. and a little bit about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, so my wife Serenity and I, we both were sick kids. Okay. You know, we. Uh, which we, we now know is largely related to how we were fed, that the food、sure. you know, essentially made us sick. So, my wife, she had tons of stomach pain, really awful, you know, what we now know as leaky gut syndrome, was sick all the time, just constant antibiotics, was a sugar addict, just lived on、right. sugars and you know, dairy and grains and gluten and all these things that it turns out she was highly sensitive to. But、sure. nobody knew that at the time. So, she just kept eating that stuff and kept being sicker and sicker, living on antacids. Got to the point in adulthood where they told her she'd have to take a pill every day for the rest of her life if she wanted to be able to eat. She couldn't、wow. even drink water at that point、okay. without severe stomach pain. So she got desperate and was like, there's got to be a better way. To,、uh, I shouldn't have to take a medicine just to、mm-hmm. eat. She called her dad, who's a shrink, and he had discovered the paleo diet. He's like, well, did you read that book I gave you on the paleo diet? He's like, she's like, dumb dad book, you know? <laughs> eat like a caveman? Like, that's crazy. But she was desperate, so she tried it. And this was about 10 years ago before paleo was very big. And、uh, it really resonated with her when she, you know, she read、um, Mark Sisson's book and Rob Wolf's book、right. yeah, on paleo diets. And so she tried it and it worked. And she got really passionate and ended up leaving her corporate job to、uh, become a paleo food coach to help other people、oh, wow. heal、okay. themselves with diet,、uh, which is how she and I met.、Um, I'm autistic. And、oh, okay. was, I was not diagnosed as a child. So, as a younger child, I was just ADHD, they called me, which wasn't very accurate. And I think my official diagnosis was obnoxious. <laughs> I was just really loud and really intense. Nobody knew what to do with me.、Um, uh, my mom discovered that I was、uh, very gifted at the performing arts. So, she got me on stage.、Gotcha. And that big, crazy, obnoxious energy was great on stage,、right. but a very challenging offstage. Mm-hmm. And、uh, in addition to social issues, I had a lot of physical issues. I had stomach, I was overweight, I had constant stomach pain,、uh, a lot, I had like skin rashes,、mm-hmm. and essentially I was just really sensitive also gluten, dairy,、uh, dyes, processed food, sugars, all that stuff, which we now know is problematic for,、right. for autistic kids. And so、um, I was on a personal growth journey to, to integrate autism. I didn't get diagnosed until til college.、Okay. So, as a, you know, a teenager, I basically was learning how to take feedback and become better. Got set on a personal growth journey. 
uh, that also led me to want to change the world. That I was became very passionate about making the world better, and because I had such a difficult childhood, I wanted to change the world for children. You know, right, right. Was committed to creating a, a way we can treat kids better, raise them better, feed them better. And so when I met Serenity, she introduced me to the paleo diet, basically fell in love with her and paleo at the same time. And she helped me, you know, transition onto that. And it really was kind of like the final thing that really helped me integrate autism and, uh, you know, fix my stomach, fix my skin, like, you know, lowered my anxiety, my focus is better, like everything's better when cutting out the, the grains and sugars. Sure. And we were both foodies, you know, I've always, we both loved food. And uh, so when we started planning to have a baby, uh, we started looking for baby foods. We we're like, oh, let's check out, you know, what cool paleo baby foods. I'm sure there's some really awesome paleo right. baby food products out there now. And there was nothing, yeah. you know, like it was just all sugar. You yep. know, everything we found was just fruit, 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 sugar, sugar, sugar. Right. A little bit of meat, but all the meat had grains. So it was like meat grain combos. None of the meat. You know, we actually did a study of all the baby foods on the market. Okay. We took a, put it in a spreadsheet, all 100, it was at the time, it was 246 organic baby food pouches, the, okay. all these different, different wow. products. right. And we did a nutritional analysis and discovered that they have an average of nine grams of sugar. So wow. super, super high right. in sugar. And that's just one pouch, nine grams, you know, more sugar than we'd eat. Right. The babies right. are eating three, four of these a day, you know, in a tiny little body. Um, there were almost less than 4% of the pouches had meat. And none of the wow. meat disclosed the sourcing, so it was all feedlot right, right. meat, you know, none of it was either mystery meat or like organic feedlot <laughs> were the choices. And then they all mixed grain in, so they yeah. all had these fillers, corn and wheat and, and, and rice and, mm-hmm. you know, the best one I think had quinoa in it, right? right? Or like barley, like, I think. Right, barley yeah. and all these fillers, right? Yeah. They just aren't nutritious and, and, and frankly taste bad. Like, yeah. you mix the meat with a grain in a pouch and no salt or flavoring and right. it's just kind of gross, you know? And then the most disturbing thing was the lack of fat. You know, yeah. Serenity's a nerd. She did a bunch of baby research on infant nutrition, and turns out babies need a lot of fat. Yes. And, you know, USDA says 30 grams of fat a day. Right. You know, for a 15 pound baby, a 150 pound adult, that'd be 300 grams of fat yeah. a day. You know, so it's like a lot, a significant amount of their diet needs to be fat. And there was no fat on the baby food aisle, like less than 1% had two grams or more fat yeah. in it. So, and even the ones that had a little bit were from dairy. So it was like no good fats, no good animal fats, you know, no avocado, you know, very little avocado or olive oils. Right. So, you know, so we got really mad about this and set forth to create a baby food that was more similar to nature's perfect baby food, which is yeah. breast milk. Right. And breast milk is about half fat, half carbs. Right. So we, you know, with protein in there mm-hmm. and it's an animal product, yeah. right? So we're like, let's let's create some really well-sourced meats mm-hmm. mixed with veggies, veg, vegetable carbs, which are slower burning, more nutrition, and introduce savory flavors. Because sure. we also learn you introduce sweet flavors too early. Babies, they, it taints their palate to prefer sweet yes. and leads to childhood obesity and sugar addiction and you know, diabetes and mental emotional health disorders and all kinds of stuff that right. sugar is now associated with actually starts in infancy where they're where they're training their palate. Um, so we're like, let's make some very good tasting meat, veggie, fat combos. Let's put it in the pouch so it matches the format moms are already mm-hmm. buying. So it's easy to get in front of them. Sure. And let's just let's change the baby food aisle and and feed babies better. So it was a long journey of figuring out how to do it. We started cooking the recipes in our kitchen. You know, so we made them all up ourselves. We tested them on babies. So we passed them oh, on to all you? our okay. friends with babies. You know, we weren't even pregnant at this time. Like we oh. were just planning to get pregnant. Right. And uh, you know, started the company then. Um, in the process, uh, got pregnant and. Actually, our baby was born on the same day our products launched for sale online. Oh, that is yeah, amazing. Yeah, August 5th, 2018. So, okay. you know, it's an easy day to remember. So it was a total divine synchronicity. Right. No, I totally believe You know, that. but we've been selling ever since then and growing super fast. We're in lots of national retail stores okay. now, selling really well online, expanding constantly expanding our product line sure and it's a moving train. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about autism. So. Mm-hmm. One, why were you diagnosed at a later period? Like, what happened that you even got that diagnosis? And then how did you heal a lot of that autism? Yeah, totally. So, first of all, you know, I was, the reason I was missed, 
for diagnosis as a child is because they, you know, were still learning about it. They didn't sure. know then. But I don't fit the stereotype of the kind of Asperger's yes. kid, you yes. know, like the, the, we have the stereotype that, the, you the know, jerky. autistic kids that they're really that they're really introverted mm-hmm. and they're quiet and they're antisocial, you know, they're very sciencey and very technical. And I was not that way. I was very loud. I was very artistic. I was very creative. Mm-hmm. I was very social, almost too social, like right? <laughs> dominating social groups in a way that kids didn't okay. like, um, you know, which is there's lots of autistic people that are extroverted mm-hmm. and are like that. They just didn't understand that. So sure. they misdiagnosed me. Um, and I, in college, I sought a therapist for issues I was having with girls, you know, that I was just having a really hard time, um, with dating and sex and, uh, you know, just like there was something off about Mm -hmm. it. And, and, um, specifically, uh, girls kept saying that they felt like violated. Okay. Like they felt like I was like too aggressive, aggressive or something. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't understand what that was, why, why that was. And I didn't want to be that way. I was like, I don't want to, you know, um, be like that. So I sought out a men's therapist who like works with men on, on those kinds of issues. Gotcha. And he figured out that the issue was autism, that I didn't understand subtlety, subtle uh, boundaries. Gotcha. I didn't read social cues very well. I had issues with impulse control and physical sensation and all these things that kind of sex and dating is, you know, right. a micro for these big issues yeah. that autistic people have and that was really helpful for me because it helped me understand okay this is what these issues are and I just need to get better at learning nonverbal cues and yeah. so forth but also that all my gifts were a direct result of, of these challenges that right. I had. you know my big energy my thinking outside the box mm-hmm. my willingness to go against the grain and stand above the crowd right you know were all uh things that and even my sensitivity was you know also a huge blessing I can feel people I can have people feel me right and right. all those were the superpowers of autism that I got to realize were the the flip side of the challenges sure. and I wouldn't trade anything for those so I was happy to learn how to to navigate the challenges because I had already embraced a lot of the gifts. Okay, so then in terms of diet, were mm-hmm. you, I mean, so after you were diagnosed, did you change your diet and then did you see a significant change? At that time, I was a senior in college, so okay. that I didn't know much about diet then. I had experimented with various diets already. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played around with veganism from a political perspective, right. just from my social justice yes. side that just did not work for my body, so was sort of like had given up on it, but didn't really know what else to do. Uh, you know, really, um, my really my journey of conquering autism started in, in middle school. Okay. I didn't know I was autistic, but I was in seventh grade, and I was in English class, and this semi-popular girl, I was probably annoying her, and she turned around and said, you know what, my friends and I, we're going to teach you how to be cool. And I was like, I I will do whatever you say. (laughs) You know, I'm so ready to be cool, you know? And so I learned the most important lesson of my life, which is that I could take feedback. That I could seek out feedback and implement it and become better. I wasn't stuck being any certain way. So it kind of empowered me to to change myself to be better. And I think there's probably people who go to their grave not ever learning this this idea that they can change themselves, you know? So that set me on a personal growth journey that just had me constantly seeking out how do I become better? How do I take feedback? How do I incorporate that's feedback? That's amazing. In middle school. Yeah. In wow, middle school, that's awesome. That. So okay. I started learning that. I learned to embrace my differences. I learned to just like go full on counterculture mm-hmm. and that there was a whole group of people ready to accept me there. Sure. And the theater community was always very accepting. Yes. So I was a theater kid in high school and learned how to lead. I learned how to use my big energy to, to point people in the right direction and I became, you know, officer in clubs and oh, all that okay. kind of thing. And um, and then when I discovered autism, I sort of started learning, uh, you know, more about that and, mm-hmm. and uh, particularly learned how to hone my sensitivity. I think that was the biggest thing I learned how to use as, uh, instead of being a victim to it, like just oh, right. now I'm grumpy because someone else is grumpy or I'm in a bad mood and I make everybody else in a bad sure, mood. Sure. I learned like, okay, uh, sometimes I have feelings that aren't mine. I can like accept those and let them go and, and take over my own system. Okay. And I can actively change how other people feel. Yes. So if, if I make a whole room angry, that's on me because I have the power to do that. I can make the whole room really excited or really happy or really you know motivated. And so learn to, to continually work with different kind of energy work and a lot of Mindfulness oh, that's practice. awesome. So a lot of processing of your emotions yep. and learning how to sort of work through that. Exactly. You know, I did a lot of mindfulness works, a lot of meditation, oh, a lot good. of like grounding, learning how to like notice feelings in my body, sure. physical sensation work, 
um, and you know learn how to, to get more in control of my energy there. And so that was really powerful. And then diet, mm -hmm. uh, you know, is, is actually still pretty new that diet and autism are associated. Yeah. In general, learning with diet has, affects everything is kind of a new idea, but also a very old idea. And so um, I'd already played around with um, cutting out carbs. I did a candida cleanse. Okay, so when was this? Was this that was like, yeah, lo uh, several years before I met Serenity. So okay. I'd, I'd done a candida cleanse. Um, to, to just start to heal my gut. Yes. And that's where I discovered that I don't need grains or carbs. That like, oh, I can actually be pretty satisfied. And the candida is really tough. It's like yeah. zero carbs, you yeah. know. So I had, once you can do that, you basically eat anyway. And I did that yes. for about four months. So, okay. you know, and I learned that I didn't really need carbs. I'd kind of gotten back. And I, and I learned that I was gluten sensitive. So I'd started, mm -hmm. I'd gone gluten free. And uh, I knew that I should be limiting dairy, but I wasn't super strict on it. Um, but I still kind of ate, you know, some rice stuff and some carbs and, and some grains. And so when I met Serenity and realized, oh, like really all the grains got to go, really it was nachos. nachos. That was the thing. It was <laughs> like my comfort food. I've eaten nachos like every night since I was like very young and there Do was you? no good chips substitute. But right. she introduced me to plantain chips uh, okay. and she helped me learn how to make like a cashew queso okay. and, uh, you know, a really good avocado. Right. And so my nacho, I just switched my comfort food to plantain chips right. with salsa and cashew cheese and, and you know, cheese and uh, avocado. And once, you know, in the beginning it was sort of weird, but mm -hmm. now it's just normal. Yeah. And then Siete came out with their green yes. chips, which yes. are to die for. Yes. So, so that's, so that's a lot easier. But once I realized I could, I didn't have to sacrifice, I could substitute sure. quality yeah. mm -hmm. foods for, for uh, low quality foods and still have my comfort foods. That was really what helped me change the diet over. And okay. then of course the results were, were, were dramatic in terms of. So you did notice a big change yeah. when you removed. Okay. Yeah, definitely. You know, especially like I got on a real uh, passionate about like really curing my anxiety. Mm. I, you know, was, had a lot of anxiety and so I did you know, acupuncture and Chinese herbs sure. along with uh, you know a lot of focus on nutrient dense foods and cutting out the, the irritating foods and my acupuncture said my pulse went from a stockbroker to a Zen priest really? you know, like okay, I like awesome. really dramatically changed my my anxiety levels with the, that combination yeah the pulse it's very interesting so in like functional medicine basically if you have any sensitivities in the environment, in your foods, mm -hmm. if you check your pulse, um, your pulse yeah, will be significantly faster. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So did you ever take supplements or, mm -hmm. I mean, vitamins for yep. your anxiety? Okay. Yep. I, you know, Chinese herbs are my favorite. Okay. You know, I take all the, the standard ones too, probiotic, okay. omega threes and sure. things like that. Um, but, you know, L-theanine has been a really great one okay. for anxiety yes. also. Uh, but yeah, I take some some different Chinese herbs. I can't even pronounce what they are. Okay. But I can send them to you if you want to put them in the show notes. That help with, that have helped with sleep oh, okay, and help yes, with please. anxiety and help with you know if I get any kind of sick. Mm -hmm. There's different herbs she puts us on, and, and it's really cool. She's the Chinese herbs are super yeah. powerful. Yeah, no, my parents always would take a concoction of like they would go to the Chinese medicine mm. person. He would check their pulse and be like, okay, you need this, this, and this done. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, this is. Crap, but I think there's a lot of truth to it and so he would have this whole wall chest of like all these different herbs and then he would make this concoction for them and then yep. they would feel a lot better it's crazy yeah it's very ancient ancient yes. science yes. mystic art yes um yeah. but did you ever take uh, medication in terms of um, autism or ADHD? No, as okay. a kid they tried almost all the different meds on oh, me because I was you? such okay. a mess. Okay. They tried them all and they just were awful. I mean, I just okay. had side effects that okay. were crazy. I was like crying and okay. angry and, uh, you know, more rambunctious or more, yeah, you know, that's... like it just didn't work because those chemicals just wasn't the right. You can't medicate autism. Like it's just yeah. not, it's not a condition that is, it's not a chemical imbalance. It's a different right. brain orientation yeah. that really just needs to be accepted and integrated rather than treated you know yes. it's not that we're trying to fix it or cure it mm -hmm. as much as we're trying to understand it yes. limit and in the end it's about sensitivity like we're really really sensitive at a molecular level so yeah. to cutting out any you know environmental and food toxins yes. is goes a long way to you know helping us be calmer and more yeah no more I, able to function. I absolutely agree do you think there's a certain food that maybe because you know um 
in the ADHD and autism world, the biggest ones I hear about is maybe the red dye, mm -hmm. um, and I think some of the grains. But is yep. did you notice a certain food that's you know they we definitely like cut out red dyes. Actually, that was pretty early, even though I didn't know I was autistic. My oh, mom okay. read some book about red dyes. Oh yeah, no dyes and, are uh, yeah, that everywhere. Was, and like, it's, uh, pretty crazy. So that's definitely one I tell people to look for. Um, obviously, I think gluten is a really, yeah. really like very dramatic one. Okay. But to me, if one sensitive to gluten, probably sensitive to all grain. Like, and, and, and in general, from we know about the paleo and the diet and the human, you know, biology, yes. that we're, it's grains just are not a food. Like they're not we're not designed to eat grains. Yes. So, whenever there's any kind of health issue, I think stripping it down to the basics of like what do we, what does the human body really need yes. uh, from a nutrition perspective, mm -hmm. and ultimately that's meat and veggies. You know, yeah, meat, no, veggies, good fats. Hey guys, just to let you know, my Carnivore Cure book is back in stock. For nine months, it was out of print and used prices were up to $300. Make sure to get your copy today that has over 200 colored tables and graphics and over 400 pages of meaty goodness. We have a limited supply, so get your copy today on Amazon.com. And if you can leave a review, I'd be super grateful. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Let's shift over and talk a little bit about the foods um so mm -hmm. obviously you guys use um and you can talk through about your pouches um so how do you source your foods and yeah. how do you select your vendors you know what do you look out for to make sure that your you know food sourcing is like the utmost quality totally it's great love talking about our sourcing it was one of the most important things when okay. we decided to create a product because we knew that the way it's produced has a dramatic impact on its nutritional value yes. first and foremost like we want you know the most nutrition per bite in a pouch we were going for nutrient density so mm -hmm. it's very hard to feed a baby you yes. know any bite you get in there into them to the swallow <laughs> you know you want that to be maximum nutrition right and so these fruit purees right were super low nutrition in addition to being sugary so sure. we're like the polar opposite of that is like maximum nutrition so meat and veggies alone are already more nutritious but mm -hmm. we knew that uh, pasture-raised meats, that the way an animal is raised dramatically impacts its nutritional quality. And I think that makes a lot of sense. It's like if we feed animals the way nature intended them to eat, you know, their meat contains the nutrition nature intended for us, right, essentially. Right. And so, uh, you know, pasture-raised meats, you know, grass-fed beef's been the most studied, is determined to be superior in every level, the beggar omega-3 to omega-9, you know, omega-6 ratios, uh, higher, all, a higher vitamin content, higher mineral content by, by a lot. And they've proven this to be true for pigs and chickens, like across the board. That they, mm -hmm. they, they, the, the more wild they live, like sure. the more the the more similar to their nature they're yes. able to live, both in diet and behavior, the the more nutritious and I think better taste. Like right. you can okay. you can taste the difference yeah. between oh, totally you know grass-fed beef or pasture-raised chicken is dramatic yes. different taste if you've ever had it. Um, and eggs as well, you can yes. see a difference in the in the eggs. So so we wanted the pasture-raised meats. Um, you know, we wanted, uh, you know, organic vegetables uh, that were, as, you know, grown as, 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 as best as possible, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and uh, we, my mom grew up on a small family farm in southern oh, okay. Missouri. And I got to grow up seeing, you know, the harmony lifestyle mm -hmm. of living with animals and in nature in the way that they do, but also the economic struggle and how hard it is yes. for them to compete. So, you know, we uh, had this idea that we could do it all. Like, we could, like, get the really high-quality meat and support these farmers sure. that are struggling like my grandparents did, uh, while also just, you know, fund a better, better way of being yeah. in nature. Um, and then the next level of that was discovering regenerative agriculture. Right. You know, I've okay. always been environmentalist since high school. Okay. I was very passionate about the environment. Started our high school's first environmental club. Oh, okay. It still exists to this day. Oh, actually. that's awesome. Yep. And uh, you know, was so always been passionate about the environment. And was vegan for a while. So really oh, passionate right. about animals. So um, you know, we when we learned that regenerative agriculture, we can actually make the planet better. Yes with the way we raise animals, that animals are a key part of our ecosystem. Yes. That actually removing them in the way that we have has been one of the Depleting biggest causes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You know, climate change and all yes. that is actually replacing what used to be rain, you know, you know, animal herding areas to creating, replacing them with, with row crop agriculture has right. been super destructive. So we met these farmers that were like family farmers that were, you know, raising their animals on pasture and then also 
improving their soil, right. reducing runoff, you know, improving soil retention, uh, you know, there's a, there's a better life for the animal, better for the environment. It's actually better economically for the farmer. Yes. They're increasing their yields, they're making more money mm -hmm. on their crops, and then the meat is nutritionally superior. Uh, that we can then feed to babies and make babies, you know, have yes. more nutrition. So just being able the to circle of bring life. it all yes. together was like super exciting for us. And, uh, and we decided to do it. It's a very complicated thing to explain about how we're doing everything, right, <laughs> you know, right. but like for us, we were really passionate about that. So, so we visited the farmers. We went and visited, you know, oh, these okay. family farmers and to really get to know them and see how their how their operations work and meet the animals really that are going okay. on our baby food so you can see pictures and videos and stuff on our website okay. of our different farms and 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 those relationships and okay. some of them do really cool stuff in addition to improving their land they're also improving their communities okay. you know yeah. our salmon uh, our you know wild caught salmon fishermen family they work really strong with the indigenous communities in Alaska okay. and really support um, you know the Inuit population and our turkey farmer White Oak in Georgia has given you know hundreds of thousands of dollars back to their farming community and oh, they awesome. paid double the, the going rate for wages to oh, their wow. farm workers and and things like that so it's really cool to be to you know, part of that what's good for babies is good for farmers good for animals good for the planet good for these small communities all together that's awesome um, have you seen so I know that your pouches are like you said they're more of not the norm in terms of pouches so mm -hmm. like there's more fat yep. um there's it's more pasture raised it's more nutrient dense foods have you seen any shift in the community any pushback from the community saying hey this has too much fat for my kids have you not seen really you know okay. there's questions about when meat should be introduced okay a lot of people think that babies can't have meat till yeah. they're older and so educating that meat is a really important first food. It's yes. like breast milk, animal products, yes. veggies and fruits. Like really that's like, you know, and, and for us never grains, but sure. if one was gonna do grains later it would mm -hmm. be better. But this rice cereal is the best first food is like crazy to us. Yeah. You know, like why would you go from breast, super nutrient dense breast milk to like rice, right, you know, right. like with, with fake iron, yes. like synthetic iron yes. that causes constipation and allergic reactions all kinds of stuff so so animal products are really important first food so that's the biggest education piece is just to not knowing you know there's some people who are anti-meat right there's yes. the anti-meat people out there that think all meat is bad and we should never eat it so of course they're gonna quit you know object to us uh, advocating meat for babies but it's a pretty tiny percentage yes um, nobody's really questioned the fat oh, uh, it's again it's something that is an education thing people yes. don't realize how important fat is there's still sort of a meme out there that fat is bad yes. right the low fat mm -hmm. movement uh, which was funded by the sugar industry actually we found out oh the really low fat movement was all oh no that makes sense know, because they add sugar back yeah, to foods to make exactly. it more flavorful okay. right it was like carb you know it was like carbs instead of fat yes. right is yes. what they is considered now we know it's the opposite right the exactly you know and so there's there's a little bit of that mentality but nobody says it overtly like you right. know your fat is bad we use super good fats it's you know the fats from the the meat first and foremost yeah. and then in our veggie line we use avocado oil or olive oil you know oh that's good organic, those are, yeah, those are press, the best, probably right the best veggie fats so in terms of your meat pouches let's see so like this mm -hmm. one is your chicken yep um this is about three and a half ounces so how many ounces of meat do you think are in one pouch it's about a third meat two-thirds oh, veggies okay. so if oh, you think about good. your plate right it's a balanced meal so sure. it's like you know your average meal is third meat about a third meat, you know, two, one serving of meat, two serving of veggies. Okay. And, and breast milk's about that way. So okay. it's about the calories from breast milk are about 60% fat sure. with some protein in there, okay. you know, about half or 40% carbs. Mm -hmm. So we were going for that with a carb, fat, protein ratio. Okay. And so in terms of, so if I were a busy mom and I said, you know what, I love Serenity Kids foods, I will, let's say my kid is maybe eight months and so I am still breastfeeding. But in terms of food, would you guys be comfortable with a parent just feeding this as their mm -hmm. meals? Really? Yeah. I mean, if, if, if they really can't feed them fresh foods, yes. like assuming that they could, the baby w could s survive and thrive on our products. Okay. Now, uh, obviously the best foods are fresh foods. Yes. Like we really want babies to be eating off of our yes. plate. They mm -hmm. need the, the tactile experience of learning 
to eat food is important. Yes. You know, and uh, and and you know, it is a processed food. It's a puree, yes. and so like they you know need to learn to eat regular right, foods right. that are purees that are you know soft chewable foods and sure. have that experience. So it's not a, so the ideal diet would be mostly fresh foods. Maybe some homemade purees if you have time to do that because yes. just fresh is always better. Yes. But like for on the go or convenience foods, ours are certainly way better than mm -hmm. the yes. other ones. And if you're yeah, if you really were in a position where you had to just eat our foods, right? Like you know, I think that um, we 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 offer the uh, enough nutrition sure. from from a sheer nutrition perspective. Yes that they would not be malnourished. Right, so this is more, so this can be a snack or a supplement to a meal, but yep. it can be a meal by itself. Yep, just, we, okay. we use them as a meal for okay. our baby. Okay. You know, she, she you got one a day, okay. basically. You know, the veggie ones, you know, we would probably serve as more of a side dish along sure, with other sure. meats or, or things. Sure. But the meat puree, you know, depending on the age and size of the baby and how much else they're eating, they could eat a, a pouch and be satisfied for a long time. Okay, do you guys add Add any uh, added fruits to any of these? No fruit. Okay, so it's more the butternut squash would probably be, or like the kabocha squash would be maybe like the sweetest. Yep, it's pretty good. They're savory flavors. Yes. You know, the sweet we use sweet potato and a few of them okay. as well. Mm -hmm. And those, you know, they're a little bit sweet. Sure. But it's like, but it's a savory sweet. Yes. Like they're yes. a little bit of sweet, but it's a savory flavor. So we're committed to it tasting savory. Yes. We don't use any low nutrition ingredients, so okay. we never use fruit. We don't ever use grain. We don't ever use corn. That's we don't awesome. use any industrial seed oils. Okay. Um, we don't use any uh, legumes other than green pea, okay. which is the kind of most nutritious yeah. legume we found and okay. babies really like. Yes. But otherwise, we don't use beans. Okay. And then let's talk about your packaging. So um, I know these are more of the on the go. So why yep. did you guys choose not to go with glass? Because, you know, sometimes they say, oh, pla um, mm -hmm. plastic leaches. Sure. Um, the BPA concern. So what yep. what are your thoughts of going with Totally. This? You know, initially we didn't like the pouch very much. Okay. Same, so same concern. Sure. You know? um, both those as well as the environmental perspective because mm -hmm. yes. most oh, yeah, cities yeah. don't recycle yes. these pouches. So, you know, um, so we didn't like that. So we did a lot. We looked into it a lot. First and foremost, uh, jar sale, pouch sales go up every year, yes. jar sales go down every year. So the leading baby food format has become the pouch. Okay. We want it to be accessible to parents. We wanted to get our nutritious food to as many babies as possible and you know to try to cut the sugars. Right. We felt like the best way to do that would be to match the current format so okay. it was an easy switch over for parents. Mm -hmm. um, and that we just, it was what's the point of making it? It was not going to sell. The sure. We know jar sales are going down. You know, like there's no reason to make it if people can't get it. So yeah, we wanted to match the format. Um, there's a lot of other advantages to the pouch. The baby can feed themselves, which is, you know, creates some independence for the mm -hmm. baby as well as even more convenient for the mom. Mm -hmm. um, you know, having to sit there and spoon feed is really mm -hmm. hard. Now we do recommend that we still use to use spoon feed other foods or yes. even our pouches just so that they learn to have that interaction with right. the food. Um, so they don't always drink it from the pouch, mm -hmm. uh, but they can suck it from the pouch and you know when needed to, okay. which is really nice. Uh, we did. We talked a lot to a pouch manufacturer about the chemical issues, you know, around mm -hmm. leaching and and plastics and so forth. So they are BPA free, uh, explicit BPA free pouches. We do chemical testing after it's pr produced, like okay. post production inside the pouch and okay. for a while, and and those all come back clean. Like okay, we know that it doesn't seem to leach anything, at least that we can detect. Right. Right. Um, and uh, and we partner with a company called TerraCycle. So okay. you can mail, uh, the, you go on the website, you can request an envelope. They send you a postage paid envelope. You put the used pouches in it, you mail it back to them, and they turn it into flower pots and oh, park wow. benches and things like okay. that. So the caps are recyclable in traditional city recycling. Okay. And the pouch is not because it's a mixture of, of plastics. So, sure. Um, but, so you can recycle it. But I think the biggest and most interesting thing with the environmental perspective is the lower carbon footprint of the pouch. Mm -hmm. You know, jars... Take, oh, yeah, you know they're heavy they're big when you they they sh they're moved around empty a lot and it takes 26 trucks to transport a million jars but wow. you can transport a million pouches on one truck because they're flat oh right right and so it's like you know they're very much smaller carbon footprint of the pouch and even though glass is recyclable you know only one in four recycling things actually make it to be recycled yeah. most of it ends up in the landfill sure. so all those jars are taking up way more space in the landfill versus the pouches are flat empty they take up less space so it's a lesser evil from an environmental sure. perspective okay. even though it's a little counterintuitive
intuitive. Right, right. And, you know, so it's a package, but in the end it's a packaged food. So, yeah. you know, we, we, wanna, we tell everyone we, you know, you want to stick to fresh foods. Like, you want to use packaged foods as a supplement to yeah. a rounded diet, on the go, for convenience, you know, and um, if you're going to use a packaged food, ours are the best one to yeah. use. That makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I my kid now, one of them is five and one of them is three. I don't think I've ever bought a glass jar of food, but I definitely right? bought the pouches. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, that's so, very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of your the food shelf stable, you know, obviously these are high quality food. So, I mean, I'm sure it's some of the processing, but how does it not, you know, go bad yeah. in a pouch and not refrigerated? And then on top of that, how do we ensure that the most of the nutrients are not... Um, gone yeah during the, from the process yes. yeah it's a great question so we use a process uh the technical term is retort retort okay and what it is is it's a it's a heat pressure process okay. that is most similar to home canning sure you've okay. ever seen you know a press canned foods in a pressure cooker yes, yes. you know we basically we we created all the sterile environment so there's no bacteria to mm -hmm. begin with and then we put it in the pouch like you would in the jar and screw the top on and then it goes through uh, a pressurization process. Um, so all the nutrition stays in the pouch. There's nothing lost. So a lot of other pouches are, are boiled actively. Oh, They're like, okay. it's called hot fill, where they okay. boil it all and like kill all the bacteria through boiling right. and then put it in the pouch and yeah. seal it. And you just lose a lot of nutrients yes. that way. Like okay. boiling, it just kind of goes off in the steam and you lose... Um, it's just one of the most destructive ways, other than yeah. a microwave, that'd probably be the worst yeah. one. Um, the boiling is second to microwave for destroying nutrients. Okay. So the pressure pressure canning and you know the retort process is the uh, preserves the most nutrition of any other process that okay. we do. There there is some damage to the vitamin content of the vegetables. You know, there's not zero. Sure. But vitamins and vegetables, you know, the vitamins go down as soon as it's picked, right? right. So like yeah. it's like what's on the produce shelf has half the nutrients yeah. of, you know, I'm just roughly half. I don't know exactly how many half. I think it's a little more than that. Yeah, I mean, a it goes down and down and down. Yeah. Then you cook it and then it sits in the fridge. Yes, and, yes. You know, and so vitamin content is going down anyway. Mm -hmm. Our veggies are, are harvested, pureed, and frozen really fast okay. so we actually preserve a lot more nutrition I would you know I, we haven't done a lot of testing but they've proven that frozen veggies have more nutrients than fresh yes, veggies yes, because they, they are they're preserved they faster yeah. yeah and so it's we're essentially the equivalent of a frozen picked and flash frozen gotcha. vegetables and then the retort process is the least damaging um, to the vitamin content, but then the, the all the other nutrients are 100% intact. The fat, protein, yes. the minerals, uh, the carbohydrates, the fiber, you know, all those things aren't, aren't damaged at all. Okay, that's, that's, that's good. Do, are, are there any other uh, food, do you know of any other baby food companies that do that retort process? Yeah, anything oh, so that's low acid. So oh, okay. the one of the reasons the, veggie, the the baby food industry relies on fruit so much is because uh, it's cheaper. Yeah. They can do the hot fill, high acid process where they boil it a lot yeah, and yeah. put it in. That only works if it already has a lot of acid. Gotcha. Um, so in ho anybody who home cans knows that if you do tomatoes because they're acid, yes. you don't have to boil, you know pressure it as long. Oh, that's interesting. You know, yeah, you're but right. But if you do low acid, you do meats or anything like that. So any low acid product that's in a pouch and shelf stable mm -hmm. is retorted. So the handful of other meat. Products. Okay. There's some like dairy and lentil okay. and rice products that mm -hmm. um, are also retorted, you know. But mostly, if it's got fruit, it's hot filled, which is sure. which is the boiling. So you know, I, there was this one period I remember. I, I don't know if it was the um, environmental working group, but there was this like news that came out where a lot of the pouches had like aluminum and all these mm -hmm. metals. Heavy metals. Yeah, so what, yeah. do you know why that may have happened with them? Yeah, we've been looking into that a lot because that oh, was a very alarming yeah, study right. to find out how prevalent heavy metals were. Yes. And they're still trying to figure out where, how the heavy metals get in there. Yeah. You know, some of the strongest theories are basically that they're in the ground and in the water. You know, gotcha. that okay. they're, they're naturally occurring anyway. Yeah. But given all the different pollutants and toxins that are in our environment, you know, they just make it into there. So they found that, uh, you know, fruit juices that went through really heavy processing, oh, yeah. they They're think in. maybe some metals are getting in through all the processing. We know that rice is really high in arsenic because it's, there's, all, you know, the rice patties. The rice yeah. patties. And then organic rice had the same amount of yes. arsenic as inorganic rice because it's in the same water. Yes. It's just absorbing. So we already knew that, which is why we don't use rice and okay. we don't feed rice to our babies. But rice is a big baby product, you know, the yeah. rice puffs and fortified rice cereal and all this stuff. So the arsenic levels that they found were super, super concerning. Like, 
you know, many times above what they considered a safe level of arsenic. Yes. Um, so that was really concerning. So we've been doing lots of testing on our products. Okay. And you know the and because they're naturally occurring, the the levels aren't zero. You know, like yeah. we are detecting some small amounts of heavy metals in our different in our different products that we're working amounts that are safe. But they're safe amounts, and we're still working on getting them low. Right okay, now we're working with that's our suppliers good. to test in advance and to test their water and to you know to like really look at it. That that that, that report awesome. really rocked the industry like yes. wow, there's way more in here than we knew yes. I, I remember when I first saw it I sent it out to all my friends and I was like beware if you're eating these foods so yeah yeah so it's another reason to again limit processed foods yes. including ours but actually even the study said it's not just in the processed foods no, it's like, not. the veggie you know the sweet potato that's in oh, there yeah. has it on the shelf too so yeah. like really you know not not using packaged food isn't gonna help as much yeah. But at least, you know, we know it's in those, so... Yeah, that's, it's funny because as a carnivore, that's why I'm... That's one of the proponents where I'm like, maybe vegetables aren't the best. Yeah, right? They will have... It's true because the meats, you know, don't have undetectable levels. And yeah. I always imagine it's because the animal processed it out. Yes, liver, yes. They have a liver to process it for us. Yeah, so then, we get the cleaner meats. Yeah, even, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. So of your food pouches, what would you say is your most popular, your couple most yeah, popular? Yeah, so the, the grass-fed beef and the and the, and the free-range chicken are, are best-selling. Really? Love oh, those. that's awesome. Yay. You know, like I think it's because, you know, chicken's like an easy... Mm -hmm food that people yeah. think is you know it's good safe for it's like they're familiar with it yeah. and then grass-fed beef has a huge yes. following a yes. lot of people oh, realize the superiority okay. of grass-fed beef so those are doing great okay um, of the veggies are our roots and our squashes are the are the popular ones okay they're you know simple ingredients okay. they're just a mixture of root veggies a mixture of squash veggies oh, with good. some that's added good. olive oil yeah and i think uh the so the kabocha squash and mm -hmm. the butternut pumpkin i think this has the least amount of anti-nutrients too so that's good, mm, that's so good this is know. a good option Yep. And olive oil is always good. And the baby already loves the veggies. She can suck oh, them yeah. down like okay. really I'm fast. curious. I want my kids yeah. to try now. Although yeah, they're right. bigger, I think they're st it's still nutrient-dense sure. for them to have. Yep. Do you ever plan on having just meat? base pouches. We talked we talked about that a lot, you know. We we would like to do that. Like okay. a, maybe a smaller pouch or possibly even a jar line. Sure. Oh, you know, okay. like we are open to doing jars if we think people would buy it. Sure. Or, you know, so like um and, and with Wick as well, like Wick oh, only right. jars. Oh, right now. okay, I didn't know so, that. So yeah, so like if we wanted to be Wick approved we'd have to do sense. jars. So we've considered that and uh, you know, we, we would love to, we it could either be like a smaller pouch mm -hmm. that was like just me, me yeah. you know, or like a, sense. like a little jar. So it's in the, it's in the, it's on the list of Okay. That's good. That's good develop. to know. That's good yeah. to know that there will be a only meat focused mm -hmm. pouch. That'll be pretty awesome. Yep. Okay. And so in terms of age groups, um, is there an age that you recommend that babies start trying this or at, at a certain age that they, maybe it doesn't fit them? I mean, yeah. what do you think? So we're designed to be first foods. Okay. So, you know, right after breast milk, around six months, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it's it's anywhere around that time, babies will start to show a lot of interest in food. Yes. It's often good if they can hold themselves up, like sitting up all right, the way so right. that they can swallow well. Yes. Um, so those are kind of good signs to look for your baby's ready to start if mm -hmm. they're sitting up and they're showing interest in wanting to eat. Um, there's there's no rush, you know, so if they're not ready at six months, there's no reason to, to, to rush it. Okay. Um, some people say it can be as early as four months, which we think is a little early. Yeah. But also depends on breast milk. If they're exclusively breastfed, they, you can wait longer yes, yes, to I introduce agree. foods because mm -hmm. the breast milk's so high in nutrition. Mm -hmm. But if they're, if they're, for some reason, they're not able to be breastfed, um, you know, sometimes you could start foods like ours a little earlier, okay. you know, as, as early as four right. months if they're, if they're the other things, they're showing interest in food, yes. they're sitting up and, um, and they're not getting breast milk. So this would be a bit be better than formula, you know, once their digestive yes. system is able to handle it, the, 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 the meats are going to be better than most of the formulas mm -hmm. out there. So six months ish. And then really there's no cap you know it's as yeah. old as they're willing to continue to eat pouches sure. some three and four year olds are still eating them as a snack or yeah, as no, a treat it's a perfect snack, yes. you know and so like but you know around a year and a half is sometimes when babies start to be like no more puree i want only yeah. food you know so just kind of trusting your baby and what they want yeah. yeah no so when we travel on the plane sometimes i bring snacks but mm -hmm. this would be a perfect supplement to add yep. because sometimes it's hard to travel with beef and i don't want to always give them dry jerkies because the drying yeah. process takes away most of the um the water soluble vitamins mm -hmm. and so this would be a great option yeah um in terms of I lost my thing. okay so in terms of your 
your daughter. So yeah. your daughter Della. is yeah. So how old is she? Della's uh, just about to turn 15 months. Okay. So what does she typically eat in a day? So Della loves so so um, we feed her. Um, a lot of raw goat's milk. Okay. So she really loves raw goat's milk. Yes. We have to drive all, you know, I do the way same. out to a farm yeah, and I get it. And it's, you know, fully certified. Yes. You know, it's tested all the time. Like it's 100% safe. Yes. It's really silly that it's not legal because yes. it's, in my opinion, safer than the pasteurized stuff. Right. It's actually tested. And you, the nutrients you know. are not re-added. So They're not fortified yeah, exactly. back in. They're like real nutrition yeah. and she loves that stuff. I mean, and it's good for her gut. It's great. She yeah. thrives off it. She really likes it. Okay. We good. have some like like um, you know, some toddler formulas that we can supplement with as well. Okay. Uh, some goat milk formula. She's oh, not too okay. well with dairy. Like any cow's milk, oh, like okay. causes her to kind of break out. Sure. And so we stay away from cow dairy. You know, there's, there's a Sammy's milk as a, a goat's milk formula. There's also okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. The Holly goat's milk from Germany. Yes. They're they're okay formulas. They still have industrial seed oils. Yes, I was going to say that too. We do have making a formula on our radar okay. as a as an option. It's just the regulat regulation's so high, yeah. so um, so it's kind of for down the line. But so we feed her some of that formula, some of that goat's milk, and then um, and then lots of food. She you know loves the loves all our different flavors, as you really know, okay. flavor that she mm -hmm. won't eat. Um, and then we feed her off our plates a lot. Uh, some her favorite food right now are olives. Oh, she really? will eat olives like crazy. Like that's like her dessert, basically. Oh, okay. She loves. It's olives. very savory, so maybe her super palate. Yeah, they're super so salty. Yeah, you know, like it's a really good fat. So she's gonna love a food. It's great. Serenity also makes um, a liver uh, beef bone broth okay. broth combo. It's like a liver bone broth okay. mixture, where she we use the grass fed beef liver mm -hmm. uh, mixed in with with our homemade beef broth. Do you know she puts it at the end? Oh, she, I think she does. There's a there's a recipe. We have a recipe, I think, on the website. Oh, okay. I can send you the link okay. for the show notes. Okay, and, and it's really easy. Yeah, she just kind of we take the bone broth and then kind of boil it really briefly and then yeah. puree, blend, blend it up the oh, blend up okay. the a lot. So it's okay. a nice fine yes. pieces. Yes. And she loves that. She drinks a lot of that. Oh, that's good. Um, and then all your standard kind of finger foods, different root veggies. Okay. You know, peas, carrots. Okay. Shred, she loves shredded meat, shredded chicken, shredded okay. like a like a pot roast, shredded. Sure. Beef. She sure. loves the shreds because she can just pick okay. those yeah. up. I pre-chew meat for her a lot. Oh yeah. You know, so if I'm whatever meat I'm eating, I chew that's up good. A little that's bit good. for her. Yeah. So Serenity thinks it's gross, but <laughs> baby loves it. I've done that Works for her really babies. Well. Yeah. Yeah. It it does. It really mm -hmm. does. Do you um do you so do you guys eat similar foods to her? Like what do you and yeah. Serenity eat as well? Yeah, so you know, so we're both paleo. Serenity's okay. actually keto right now. Oh, okay. Trying to lose baby weight okay. and, yes. and just get generally healthy. Sure. And um so we you know, a lot of really high quality meat. We okay. uh get either local meats or we order meats from butcher box or oh, drive okay. market sure. they both have really high quality yes. meats um and then uh just lots of great organic veggies you okay. know probably our staples are like greens like chard and kale um uh, roasted beets uh we have okay. a lot of squashes and zucchinis we have a spiralizer so we make okay noodles. noodles um and uh you know i would say steak is probably my favorite of the meats what, what steak is your favorite I, th I, uh, I guess it's a ribeye. Ribeye, yeah. Serenity loves filet mignon. It's a oh, little, okay. it's a little soft for me. Yeah. I think the ribeye is my favorite. Okay, that's Grass awesome. Ribeye. So you guys don't create. What I'm hearing from you guys is you guys don't make something separate for your dog. Not really. Okay. You know, we we basically just chop up smaller. Yes. Whatever we're eating. That's good. And and feed it to her. And okay. you know, make little. We make little um, bowl. We have a bunch of little containers, and we make meals and sure. freeze them so they're quick to send Perfect. Yes. send with on the go or we also have a an on-site nanny in our office so yeah i just heard that that's awesome yeah, so we have on-site child care here for her and also for um, another one of our yeah. staff's babies so we send food there okay so in terms of moms that have you know they they say i try to feed my kids meat i try to feed my kids healthy vegetables but my kid is so picky what mm -hmm. would be your feedback to yeah them? So, you know, picky eaters, it's really tough. You know, we only have a 15 month old who's not a picky eater, so we don't have a lot of direct experience. Okay. We do hear that uh, introducing savory flavors and early helps prevent them from becoming a picky yes, eater, which is one, one of the reasons we think Della's so easy to feed is because okay. we fed her these, you know, liver and, and greens and like really strong flavored olives, right? right. She'll eat a lemon, she'll like take and just eat oh a whole piece of lemon wedge, including the rind and everything. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. it's crazy. So she'll just eat anything. But um, so introducing helps. 
uh, with, you know, once they already are a picky eater, you know, I think it's just a lot of patience, a lot of yes. introduction, just a common, constant mm -hmm. offering them to try again and again and again, finding out what flavors they do enjoy and trying to make nutrient dense foods that match those. Yes, I, I agree. I also think just kind of cutting snacking yeah. and all the processed foods, if mm -hmm. you keep putting the palette totally. of sweet, sweet foods and like, yeah. like just finger foods that are just carbs and mm -hmm. grains yep. that will change their palate so that it's harder right. for them to eat these Makes savory sense. foods. So. Yeah, you just don't buy them. Yeah. You, know, you just don't have uh, non-nutritious foods in your house. That's one of the ways we became paleo. We just stopped having it around. That makes sense. You know, if like if, if all we did was eat bad at a restaurant, you know, and we ate good all the rest of the time, it would be much better than not. Sure. And so pretty soon it just becomes normal. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think, you know, different parents have different strategies they use, but like the just being really clear that these are the food options and right. you know, that they will eat eventually. Well, thank you so much for this. Um, if there was anything that your the listeners would take away from this, what would it be about whether it's about feeding kids, about um, you know food pouches, what would be some takeaways mm -hmm. for the listeners? Yeah, I think um, you know again, I think it all comes down to nutrient density. You know, it's like there's so much focus on diet on what not to eat. You know, sure. with the vegetarian, whether it's vegetarian or whether it's Weight Watchers or whatever, this idea of diet is I cut foods out. Yeah. Right, and um, we you know we don't. There are some foods we recommend avoiding, but I think more important than cutting out foods is what foods to include. Like yes. How do we actively Smart. try to think about what we eat as the most nutrition per bite? Like if we're trying to, to get nutrition for ourselves, but especially a baby who's very challenging to feed, yes. how do you maximize nutrition with every bite that they eat? And like think about foods from that perspective. Yeah. That's that's great. Well, thank you so much. Um, where can people find you guys um, with Serenity mm -hmm. Kids? And yep. So we've got a website, myserenitykids.com. Okay. So the best deals where you can get all of our products there. Right. Uh, and sub also subscriptions, so you can get a good deal oh, okay. to subscribe. Okay. We're on Amazon as well, and also Thrive Market for okay. online shoppers. Okay. And then in stores, we're in uh, Whole Foods okay, right. nationwide. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're in a bunch of regional chains like okay. Kings in the Northeast, okay. Shop Stop and Shop in the Northeast. Okay. High throughout the Midwest, a bunch of small independents and, in, you know, the West Coast like Erwan. Okay. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, all, and, and, and we're quickly expanding. So yes. by the time you see this episode, we might be in a whole bunch more stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's exciting. Well, thank you so much for your time. This is very insightful. I definitely think that, you know, your foods are, I wish they were around when I had my kids mm -hmm. because yeah. you're right. I mean, a lot of the food pouches was primarily just fruits and vegetables and even grains. They would add a little bit of quinoa because yep. that was what was healthy. But, you know, I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again. And mm -hmm. uh, all right. I will right. talk to you guys Thanks later. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Nutrition with Judy podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please make sure to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so more listeners like you can find the show. If you want more practitioner care and support, head over to nutritionwithjudy.com groups so you can get more real talk about carnivore, the environment, and root cause healing. You can also find my content on Nutrition with Judy's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter and learn more about in-depth articles with infographics at nutritionwithjudy.com slash articles. You can find my two books, Carnivore Cure and the Complete Carnivore Diet for Beginners on carnivorecure.com and amazon.com. At the heart of Nutrition with Judy's practice, our mission lies with a deep, unwavering passion for service and community. We will continue to empower you to have the knowledge and tools to live a life nearly symptom-free because we firmly believe in healing and wellness for all.